Sports Yak. One host knows sports. And who's right there? The other doesn't know sports, but somehow they meet in the middle. Corey Mann. Get your big butt out of here. And Indiana Sports Broadcast Hall of Famer. This one will be relived. Chuck Freebie. Forever. Do you like sports? Because we like sports. Let's talk about sports. It's Sports Yak. Sports Yak. It's Sports Yak. Welcome back, film fans, to a brand new episode of Quality Check Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Daniel Posey, and joining me, as always, across the internet, Drew Douglas. Drew, I tried to hold that opening a little bit longer, but my voice is shot today for some reason. I I was thinking back on this. I'm like, was I like yelling in my sleep? Did I have like nightmares or something like that? And it caused that? And I don't know, but so I, uh, can you tell there being a difference or not really? A little scratchy throat, but no, you sound fine. Yeah, I, that's where I always say that I sound like Tom Petty because I just always think of Tom Petty sounding very nasally. I, I it, To me, I sound very nasally right now, but maybe not. Film fans, thanks for joining us if this is your first time. Well, here on Quality Check Podcast, Drew and I will talk about all things pop culture under the sun, and you are joining us for a very special episode where it is more of a chat cast, and we take a look back on this summer. We will look at various elements from our top three favorite movies that have come out in theaters and on streaming from March until now. And we will d- dive into a few other things, including biggest surprises and disappointments and what we're excited about that we'll be releasing here from August until the end of October. But without further ado, let's go ahead and dive right into it. Let's start off the very top with the top three movies that were released in theaters and streaming that came out during the month of March to now. Drew, what do you have in your top three, starting with number three? Numero three. Well, keep in mind, I don't feel great about putting any of these movies in my top three. (laughs) There's so many movies I haven't seen, but we have to do this. This is the burden that I carry with this episode. Numero three. Uh, I, I picked Seance. It's a movie written and directed by Simon Barrett. Oh, This is his directorial debut. Uh, he's written a handful of movies, including Your Next, The Guest, and Blair Witch. It came out May 21st on VOD. It's about this, about weird and deadly things that happen at a girl's academy after a seance. I liked it. It's in the vein of Barrett's other work. And uh, I'm actually a little bit surprised uh, on the almighty Rotten Tomatoes. It only sits at 46%. Hmm. People were a little soft on this. Now, is this on Shudder right now or no? No, I don't. I have no clue because I rented it. Okay. Because I know for this movie, when it first came out, I texted you about it a little bit, but we have actually not talked about it. in Because you saw the new craft, right? The craft, it was like, a new legacy yeah. or something like that. Oh yeah, it's sad. sadly I saw that. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is a lot better than the new craft, right? I would say I would I would say so. I like Simon Barrett's work. I also love movies set in schools. So mm. 
we have those two factors and then the whole seance angle, which I'm just fascinated by. I love horror films. If you've seen your next, I would say this is fairly close to that mm. in terms of just how it feels. And even some of the things that happen are in both. Um, so if you're, if you're into his other horror films, then maybe give this a shot if you haven't watched it yet. Okay. I'm, I'm now very interested in this. I know when it came out, I really wanted to watch it and I have not gotten around to it yet. So I'll have to add that to my list. Number three for me was tough as, as what you were saying, because I looked back and there were a few things that came out and some that were, I would say, big surprises. But I'm going to have to say that my number three belongs to a list of three movies as well. And it was released Oof. as a trilogy. There is something about Netflix's Fear Street, one, two, and three that came out that I really dug. I and still need to see the third one. The third one I really liked. It's, but at the same time, it's, uh, for me, I think it was the best one. Um, there's a mutual friend of ours who also thinks that it's his favorite. Now, I talked to another friend this past weekend, and he said he could not stand it. And The third one? Yeah. And Just for my own clarity, who is this mutual friend? Uh, that mutual no one listening friend. will know, but I, I'm just curious. It was Spencer. Um, okay. Yeah. So he, he said that... Uh, is he a horror fan? That doesn't no, right. not really. Okay. That, that seems strange. Thing. Yeah, that's a funny thing. Now, he will watch horror movies from time to time. But, for example, The Conjuring, when the new one came out, he did a rewatch on those. Uh, I think he ended up watching with a friend, but he was building up to, to the release of The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It. But for Fear Stream, he thinks that the third one's great. I really like the third one. I think it's my favorite as well. These movies, they have scored really high on Rotten Tomatoes, which kind of surprises me, but... It was so much fun. I uh, just it was it was kind of like a summer uh, a, a movie event over the summer, and it was streaming. And each week for three weeks, they released a new movie in this trilogy. And it would just it, there was something about it that seems so refreshing and different. The quality of the movies I think stand out uh, compared to other Netflix releases, and also the story. There, I think they've bit into something within this franchise that I'd like to see more of. I won't give away what happens in the third film, but there could be kind of this modern take on this Y2K, pre-Y2K, R.L. Stein, YA novels and stories that they could modernize to today. But Or they, they can end up relating it to the time frame that's represented in these three movies. But nonetheless... A lot of fun. I dug it, and I thought it was only fitting to put the third spot belonging to the Fear, Fear Street t trilogy on Netflix. Numero two for me, another horror film. <laughs> it's called Werewolves Within. It's actually a horror comedy about a small town residents trapped in a snowstorm and hunted by a mysterious creature. Think Clue with Werewolves. Uh, it's based on a video game of the same name and the oh. very enjoyable Sam Richardson leads the cast. He looks so I think good. he did a really good job of blending the horror and comedy genres. It's on VOD right now. Hmm. I've, I've heard really good things about this and I wanted to see it. It's another movie came out 
And I know it had like a limited theater release. Maybe it was out for one weekend. And I thought, huh, maybe, maybe that's worth watching. And I still have not gotten around to seeing that. So my number two has to go to a film that I think is criminally underrated. And it came out of nowhere. And it stars a big name and Jason Statham. And mm. it's from Guy Ritchie, and it was released in the beginning of May, and that is Wrath of Man. Wow. Now, you've seen this movie, right? I have seen this movie, yeah. And you think it's just okay? <laughs> no, I like it a lot. Okay. It, but, it was a nice, uh, it was very soft on Aladdin. I didn't think it was necessarily a bad film, a bad Guy Ritchie film. It's, I think, one of his worst. I <laughs> like the gentleman, and then he released Wrath of Man. So with his last two movies, I feel like he's back on track. Yeah. Um, I have to say, there were a lot of people who really dug The Gentleman. I liked it. It was good. I wouldn't say it was great. But there was something about the pacing, the ominous tone, the acting in Wrath of Man, which you could end up saying is maybe a little bit more serious. Some of the supporting characters in this movie, everything about it, kind of fits in that cliche by the books type movie. But the way that Guy Ritchie directed this movie was almost unlike any Guy Ritchie movie that we've seen. We don't mm -hmm. have a lot of the flashiness. We have a very subdued Guy Ritchie. And it's a more, it, it, it reminds me of this major badass who's walking toward you and like, say, take the rock. You've got this menacing force walking toward you. You can't escape it, but it's just going very slow, and you know it's going to have a brutal ending. That's how this movie turns out, where the pace is just so different, so unlike anything I've seen. I love Jason Statham in this movie. I think he was so good. This actually, like, I'm, I like Jason, but... This movie made me want to go back and rewatch a lot of his older movies because there's something about the way he portrays this character that I realized I take his acting for granted. Like, he's capable of doing certain things that I've just kind of written off. And if you go back and look at other Guy Ritchie movies like Lockstock and Two Smoking Barrels, um, we can see how different Statham acts and his delivery is just depending on the performance and the his character itself, uh, he's great. And in this movie, definitely don't sleep on this one. That's how I feel. I dig it. Um, I want to rewatch this movie soon because I love it that much. My numero one is an action movie along the same vein. It's another action comedy starring Bob Odenkirk. I'm actually going to pick nobody about a man who returns to a past dangerous life after a home robbery. This is not a typical number one, but again, I haven't seen quite a few movies and I'm just thinking, what did, well, like what entertained me the most? What, mm -hmm. what was really well put together? What entertained me? Nobody is something that comes to mind. And um, we know how great Bob Odenkirk is. And uh, he's fantastic in this. Hopefully he's doing okay after his... What, did he have a heart attack? Yeah. That that was scary. That was very scary. It's so crazy you say this because that too is my number one. Oh. No if joke. You, 
it's funny because when I watched it at the beginning of the film, these, these are minor spoilers, I would say, for probably every film that we talk about. But we meet Christopher Lloyd. He plays <laughs> Bob's father. And I'm like, how he's like in this old folks home or something. And I'm like, how dope would it be if Christopher Lloyd is connected to Bob, the Bob, Bob's character, his past, his gangster life. And he is. And we see oh, Christopher yeah. Lloyd freaking using a shotgun. <laughs> it's like you, if you ever wanted to watch that, this is your film. It's so, it's so freaking good because we get to see Doc Brown unleashed in this. And it's so amazing. There's something about this movie, like you said, looking back on what I found to be enlightening and just so much fun. And this movie, when it came out, this was toward the beginning of where we're starting to get back into theaters. More theaters are opening. Um, more movies are coming out in uh, that kind of release. But I remember when I first saw this movie, I was just, I loved it. And I was eating it up. I was as close as to standing up on my seat, cheering and clapping by the end of this movie. I loved it that much. I was worried that this movie would come off too much like, a dad version of John Wick. And I think they were able to separate the two pretty well. The action's fantastic. Which, by the way, I got my dad this movie for Father's Day. And he had not <laughs> seen it yet. I bought this movie. Because I thought, how fitting would that be? I bought it for him on Blu-ray. He watched it like a few days later. And he freaking ate it up. He loved it. It's, and It's great. Yeah, he he was like, I I really hope there's a sequel. I hope there's more with this. He's like, uh, this, you know, ended up solidifying his view on J Bob Odenkirk as well and how great of an actor he is and that he pulled it off. Bob pulled it off and he did the stunts in this movie. He spent like two years preparing for it and it shows. It's so good. I love when they're able to pull off movies like this and have the actors basically be their own stuntmen or stunt women. And it's awesome. I love it. Uh, once again, I can't wait to watch it. But these three movies, or I guess three sets, since the third is a group of three movies in and of itself. So five movies for me. Um, this is something looking back, I would just thoroughly entertained. I can't wait to go back and rewatch it. I honestly thought your number one was going to be Army of the Dead. No. It's interesting because Val's one that I've really wanted to watch. Um, I, looking back on, on some movies as well, I'm like, oh, I've forgotten about that. And that's not a good sign. But some of those mm -hmm. movies just stood out. Old is one of those. I almost, almost, and it was a game time, game time decision last minute where I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm kicking out old. Old was originally going to be my number two, but I'm like, yeah, looking at this, I, um, I don't know. Like I, I've thought a lot about that movie after watching it, but uh, it just, it, I don't know. As of right now, it did not make the cut, but it was so close. With the top three down, let's go ahead and dive into a few other questions. First off, biggest disappointment. I'm picking Tom Clancy's Without Remorse. <laughs> just an absolute dud of a movie, sadly. Uh, Michael B. Jordan rules as always, but he he cannot save what ends up just being a predictable bore of an action thriller. If you want to give it a try, which I always say, just decide for yourself if you like something, and that's okay. It is on Amazon Prime, but holy smokes, super stoked for this, and it is boring. 
It's, I want to take a screenshot on my screen right now so you realize I'm not making this up. That also is my biggest disappointment. Well, we were hyped for this. Yeah. We were super hyped for this. Yeah. I mean, Michael B. Jordan is like, can do no wrong. I mean, it's one of those yeah. things that we bow down every time we see Michael B. Jordan on a TV screen. And with that being the case, like going into this movie, I just felt, as you said before, it felt like a wet fart because it's just like <laughs> one cent. It, it's one of those movies that I feel like there was a lot of great intention. There were a lot of great, there, there's potential with this movie. I think with this character, the storyline, there was so much that they could, could have done. They could have turned this kind of upside down. And it was just, okay, I've even forgotten about it until I went back and looked at my list and I realized, crap, Without Remorse came out during this timeline that we're talking about. And I haven't, when we did the show, the podcast, and we talked about it, since that point forward, I have not thought about it. I haven't even talked about it with anyone else. And I thought, you got to be kidding me. It's so sad this movie has vanished because it could have been so great. It could have been the, a new man on fire with Michael B. Jordan. But no, it was something that we'd rather forget about. <laughs> it, it is definitely a really good example of a high profile movie that you just dump to streaming because mm-hmm. deep down, you know, it's just not good. You're not going to recoup the money. Yeah. Try to maybe kickstart something on Amazon, but oh boy, I don't know. I said at the time, you know, I'd be interested in seeing what comes next because obviously you can do a better job. Mm-hmm. At this point, several months later, I don't even think I care. Like, I yeah. just don't care. Yeah, that's definitely the camp that I'm sitting in right now. And it's stu- it sucks because I want to see more Michael B. Jordan, especially in action roles like this, because just based on the trailers, I'm like, that alone, if we just see Michael B. Jordan kicking butt for two hours, that's enough. And it sadly is not enough. <laughs> it was. It has the most obvious twist that you've ever imagined because you've seen mm-hmm. them a million and a half times. Yeah. And I just, I can't wrap my head around how that even happens in 2021. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, it's, it's sad. Speaking of, there's kind of a little bit of a uh, sadness to this one for me, but biggest surprise, what counts as your biggest surprise? I think it's hilarious because you mentioned this. This is your number two film, Guy Ritchie's Wrath of Man. It surprised me because one, I thought this was going to be terrible. And it's actually, I would say, an unexpected gem from Mr. Guy Ritchie because it is an ever so slight shift in the usual stuff he pumps out. Mm-hmm. So, Wrath of Man, my biggest surprise. Ooh. All right. So, my biggest surprise is literally a surprise. But to spin this so that it's going to be less spoilery. It's kind of a one-two punch. I will say on first viewing, first watch, I liked this is this is gonna this will end up causing people, I think, to turn off this or tune me out after I say this. I liked after the first screening, liked Free Guy more than I like the Suicide Squad. I don't think that's crazy. Once again, I know it sounds like I'm crapping on the Suicide Squad and even that podcast episode where we talked about it. We went in a depth about it. I like the movie and it's it's climbed in my like. I, I high like it um, right now, but there's something 
about Free Guy that just came out of nowhere and surprised me. But there's one thing specifically in the movie has the biggest surprise. I would say it comes next to Nobody and the use of Christopher Lloyd in that. It comes close. Actually, it tops that. But in that way, just totally different in the way that Nobody sets that up. In Free Guy, there is something that occurs and it got a reaction that made me miss going and seeing movies in a theater because it like everyone when this happened everyone had a reaction and i can't say <laughs> what it is i can't i don't want to hear but it's one of those and i i told you about this and i'm like there's something about it that was just so inspiring but it was just talking about it brings a smile to my face. So whenever you get to see it, uh, if you have seen Free Guy, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, if you have not yet, there's one scene, this scene alone, and it's worth the cost of admission just to see this. That's all I'll say. Uh, off the top of your head, what do you think is the worst movie you've seen this summer? I'm going to spring this one on you. Oh, man, the worst movie. It, all right, so on first... Oh, no, 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 no. That's not fair. That's not fair. I was going to say, on first viewing, it, it not the Suicide Squad, because I don't think that's the worst by any means. No, um, absolutely not. No, that, it would just, uh, and it's not even a disappointment. I almost went with that. Oh, my goodness. Let me, let me think about I, that for a second. You think, I'm going to say this, it's got to be Mark Wahlberg's Infinite, which... I completely forgot even came out oh and it is gosh. truly one of the most heinous movies you'll ever sit down and watch. <laughs> it'll make you, it's so bad. It'll make you want to cancel your Paramount plus account. And you should probably do that <laughs> just in general, but it's worthy of just deleting that entirely because that movie blows so hard. Yeah. You know, that's gotta be it because I mean, without remorse is bad but the worst oh my gosh there i've I mean, heard so that remorse is bad but at least it's decently made infinite yeah. just like what what happened yeah and that's what i kept thinking going into infinite as well i have to I, you know what i it's like men in black walked up and erased my mind of that movie i have no memory of it at all and it's probably for the best let's move on to movie we missed but we want to watch what is yours I'm going to cheat here and say there's three movies and there's actually way more, but I'm only, I'm going to keep this brief. Oh. David Lowry's the green Knight, still water starring Matt Damon Ooh. and, and Coda. Uh, I don't know if you've heard about it. It's about a teen who is the only hearing member of her family. One good note because of the pandemic, every, every, all these movies are being rushed to VOD literally weeks after being released in theaters. The green Knight comes on VOD August 19th. Stillwater is August 20th, and then Coda is already on Apple Plus. It's an exclusive oh. streaming right now. Yeah, I've, I've heard of Coda, and I honestly, that's another one that has been kind of flying under the radar, but I keep trying to keep an eye on it. But I'm glad you brought that up because I, I need to make sure and see that for sure. Um, the movie that I'm going to talk about was released for about two weeks in theater, and it mainly made its rounds in the art house theaters. And I don't know what it looks like beyond that, but it is Roadrunner, a film about Anthony Bourdain. Mm. I, for some reason, I never got on the Anthony Bourdain uh, bandwagon in terms of watching a lot of 
uh, Parts Unknown and and uh, some of the specials. But there's something about recently that I've gotten in this almost like travel TV mindset where I like to watch whenever I've got some downtime. I like to watch people just traveling around and you know trying trying foods, meeting people, stuff like that. And I also have found I've found the just what Anthony Bourdain became to be fascinating in terms of hearing from people who worked with them and uh, about his life and his outlook on life and just everything about him seems to be very fascinating. So one of the main reasons why I'm curious about this is to know maybe a little bit more about Anthony Bourdain and to find out more based on what I've heard that this movie actually reveals a couple of things that are are new about him. And so hmm. I'm curious to also see, you know, what what that's like and and see how intimate of a of a story this is. I've heard great things about it, but I'm very excited to to watch this. I had hoped uh, that I may have had a chance to see it when it was in the theater. But I'd never got around to it. It was it was in and out of there so fast. But um, that's coming soon on my watch list. Let's move on to the most anticipated film of ours for the rest of August until the end of October. What is yours, Drew? It's between Candyman and Halloween Kills. Ooh, I think I'm going to give it to Halloween. Honestly, hopefully, it's <laughs> yeah. better than the previous entry because... That is a movie I like, but I think it's progressively aged worse every time I watch it. Ooh, that's interesting you say that because I was listening um, to an interview with another filmmaker and they were talking about that as well and how much this filmmaker liked it and that it's gotten better. And then another person chimed in and said, I actually disagree with you. Like, I don't think it fared that well. And it's it's funny because I've thought a lot about that in terms of, I haven't really wanted to rewatch it, but the closer we get, the more I I will return to that. The I will definitely rewatch that movie, but I don't I don't know if I, like there's no interest outside of that, but. I'm, I mean, I'm, the characters just do the dumbest stuff. <laughs> like, seriously. And and that's, you do that in horror films, but they, they like reach new heights in this one. Um, Hopefully they are able to make something pretty solid out of this movie. I love the premise. So fingers crossed that it also comes out on its actual release date. So my movie that I'm picking is a horror movie, a thriller. Actually, I'd probably say a horror movie based on, uh, everything that we've heard about it so far. And it comes from the beautifully brilliant mind of, and this is not like James Gunn, but I'm considering him to be one of the, the greatest filmmakers working today. And it is Edgar Wright. And that movie is Last Night in Soho coming out on October 22nd. So the first trailer came out. What do you think about it? Are you pumped for that? I mean, I like Edgar Wright, but I can't say that I'm dying to watch this movie. Man, something about the colors, the camera shots, all that. I'm I'm excited. I I hope we'll end up seeing another teaser, anything, just to give us a little more insight on what to expect out of this movie. But ever since it was announced, I'm I've been pumped. And now that we're 
inching closer and closer. I am dying to see this. Biggest upcoming release you could care less about. Uh, sadly, I'm going to say Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Oh! Not a crazy knock on the movie. I'm still going to see it. It looks like decent fun. Hopefully, I'm surprised. Um, the buzz so far seems to be pretty good. But I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm just like, nah. I've heard so far right now, the early reviews are very positive. And it's sounding really good. But I'm worried about the future of not just his character, but everything that's been going on at not just Marvel, but Disney. And could this end up ruining the chance of this character getting much love? If it is, like, say, if it is a really good movie, could the box office and what we're dealing with right now end no. up ruining that chance? Hopefully not. It's going to be It's going to be fine. Um. My movie also is a comic book movie and a comic book character. Oh, oh no. Yeah, I know. And, I, you know, this is actually really tough because I'm looking forward to, I, I don't know if there's a movie that's coming out that I'm not really looking forward to because everything to me is, uh, I, it looks good. Uh, at least something that I'd watch. But if I had to choose, I'd probably pick Venom, let there be carnage. <laughs> I mean, the first one is a disaster masterpiece. A disaster <laughs> piece. You know, it's with the trailers of these two movies, it's funny because you brought this up, but they use the same song. They're doubling down on the song. It's so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> well, in two pieces of marketing that are completely different, why would you use the same song? <laughs> I don't understand that. Yeah. It's it's funny, but uh, I you know I like me some Woody Harrelson, and I can't wait to see if the movie improves on the first film of just like this banter back and forth with Venom and Eddie. I, you know, maybe it's going to be too zany and wacky. I don't know, but I will still watch this. I still am excited for it. But if I had to pick one movie that I and it's it toward the bottom of the list. It has to go to Venom. Let there be carnage. So mm, I'm sure it's yeah. going to be poo poo, but <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it's good poo poo. Sometimes there's nothing wrong with a poo poo sandwich if it's that good. <laughs> I mean, like the first one, which I genuinely <laughs> enjoy and have watched like five times. Well, film fans, that's going to do it for all of our questions in which we're recapping movies that came out at the beginning of this year, or I should say from spring until the end of summer. It's weird that we're already at the end of summer. And we're now going to get into the fall, but that Drew, that's best season, baby. Best I know season. that's a, that's our favorite time of the year. I'm so sorry that we ran out of time to cover Boss Baby and the Netflix series. Mm. Yeah, so I watched it all for no reason. All 57 episodes. <laughs> yeah. We'll just have to save that for a later podcast, an in-depth analytical review on the entire series. But until now, and until next time, keep watching. Mm-hmm.